0: Hello and welcome to the Do We Think Podcast, a podcast amongst friends where we talk about this week's celebrity gossip and blind items, yada, yada, yada. I am joined, I'm Jessie, and I am joined with, by, and for yes. Emily. Hello. How's, you, how's, how's it going? Four? I, this is for Emily. Oh my God. It's <laughs> amazing. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, how's it
1: hanging? Good. I ate a lot of jelly beans prior to this recording. So what kind? What kind? Oh, jelly bellies. Only the least favorite.
0: Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a hot topic. <laughs> Controvers- <laughs> controversial opinion. My favorite are the starburst jelly beans. Okay. Here's
1: a question. And I want mm. people to, you know, get back to us on this. And All while- right. Yeah. Do you eat jelly beans by individual flavor or by the handful? It depends what I'm really after. Because, like, with jelly bellies, the flavors are so many different flavors, and they're so distinct and delicious. But then, like, there's some that are bad but like, I don't like, so I only eat them one by one.
0: Well, okay. Like, if you get the Starburst bag, they come sometimes, like, there's just the berry ones or just the – so, like, they're very satisfying and complimentary by the handful. Yes. You can't really do by the handful of jelly bellies. No, I agree. You could get like popcorn and like watermelon in the same one. Right. And I'm not
1: down with that, but my God, they have a, they have this pear, the pear, the mango, the
0: grapefruit flavor. Mm. Chef's kiss. She says. Oh my God. My dad just texted me asking if I took home their remote control. I did by accident. It's right here. no. <laughs> oh no. How did, you take it? how did
1: you do that? I did. I'm so sorry. Like, how did you put the remote control in your pocket? I just did it. You sound like I you was... did it on purpose. <laughs> I did it because I just did it. <laughs> and I don't care who knows it. I just like, okay. felt like shaking things up. It felt like causing a little controversy.
0: <laughs> Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to open the podcast with a scandal. And it looks like you did. Oh, yeah. Okay, first thing to talk about, Driver's License by Olivia Rodrigo has become the first debut single of all time to spend its first eight weeks at the number one spot on Billboard Hot 100. What do we think about this? I think the power of
1: social media, TikTok, mm is strong and i don't think that this ever would have happened if those things didn't exist
0: that is a great
1: like the song is good but it was social media that carried it to where it is now and that's my truth
0: yes i i agree i share in your truth um on the jonas related front nick jonas um put out his video for spaceman did you watch it Um, gotta be real with you, girl. Did not watch it. But
1: was there space involved? I feel like there was. Of course there was space involved. (laughs) Was he in a
0: spacesuit? Was there zero gravity? He was like on another planet, like trying to find his way home. But then like the cringiest part for me was like in the end, he's looking at this like hologram, this like you know, little like it's out of a little circle, and like the electronic like version of the person comes up and it's fucking Priyanka, (laughs) and he's like. He's, like, trying to, like, make his way home to her, and I'm like, ugh.
1: Wait, I need to, like, see, like, a, like a video, like, an image of that. That is so funny. That is hilarious. It goes, so, like, the end of the music video. I'm just searching um, in Spaceman Nick Jonas Priyanka, because, like, in my mind, I'm picturing something crazy. No, I think it's exactly what you're thinking, I hope. Oh, I can't find the go i can't find a picture of it what a bummer you know what i I can picture it in my mind
0: that that might be um (laughs) no i'm gonna find it but while i do i'm gonna talk about something else joe jonas tweeted that he um teasing that he is coming out with his own record label partnered with republic records
1: that's really interesting
0: I think it's interesting as well. What's the angle? Like, is he have a niche for this company? I don't know. He said, um, "Been working at on something with my family at Republic Records. Can't wait to share it." And then there's a picture of it says, "Let's get it records."
1: All I'm gonna say is, I, I I see it's actually different than what I thought. The Nick Jonas thing. Oh, it's so dramatic. You see it now? Yeah. Okay.
0: It's still stupid, though. It's
1: just, like, who does Nick Jonas think he is? (laughs) A spaceman. Just, like, in general. Like, in general. Like, I just feel like he thinks he's God's gift to music, and it irritates me like you wouldn't believe.
0: I was reading a BuzzFeed article about his new album because I didn't want to listen to it, but, like, I wanted the tea. And, um... The title of it was Nick Jonas, Why So Serious? <laughs> That's like, I don't know what it is. I'm just like so like
1: I don't like him. He really I'm so turned me. off by him. This seems to be having a Justin Timber like Nick Jonas hate podcast
0: on it. Real <laughs> <It's a> rebrand. <laughs> um, so just for like some food for thought, he has a song called Sexual. Um, with the chorus line being I put the sex in sexual. And
1: Justin Timberlake brought sexy back. Like, who do these men think they are that they're bringing sex anywhere?
0: <laughs> they keep, like, like, <laughs> or that they thought we wanted them to bring it.
1: Yeah, like, why are they owning sex like that? It's so irritating. And I find it so unsexy.
0: I don't want that. I, I put the horn in horny. Oh, like, Okay. No, <laughs> but I wish but, um, I, it's not even a far reach. That's
1: what I'm saying. I don't know anymore with these people
0: I'm running out of lyrics. It feels like I know. So the big topic this week is Megan Markle and Prince Harry. Every time I say it, I want to say Megan Markle and Harry Styles. It's just, it almost, it's what rolls off my tongue. Oh gosh. So I'm just going to kind of, we're going to get to the interview with Oprah, but I have a few things first I want to say. So Prince Harry revealed to Oprah that a large part of the reason he and Meghan left the UK was because of racism. And I think like, if that's the case, that's a very like valid reason. And I like respect that and shame on the Royal family for being racist because they already have a history of being racist. So it's not that shocking.
1: Yeah, I mean, they their history is, in their minds, a legacy of basically taking indigenous land and making it their own and killing many indigenous people to get there. And that is the history of the monarchy. So that's where their power reigns from, um, especially if you're looking at Prince Philip's side and his legacy and his Nazi ties. That's, that's how they've become so
0: successful. I know. It's crazy. Um, want to talk about Bethany Frankel's remarks. So Bethany Frankel on Twitter slammed Meghan Markle and then got called out for mistreating her servers and employees. So what happened was she said, Um, cry me a river, the plight of being a game show host, fairly unknown actress to suffering in a palace with tiaras and seven figure weddings for two whole years to being a household name with Oprah on speed dial, butching 7 million for interviews, hundreds of millions in media deals, hashtag Mary. And then Chris shell from, um, selling sunset said, not a white housewife comparing her struggle to Megan's, a woman of color joining the royal family. It's the delusion for me. Everyone is working overtime trying to silence her. Let us hear what she has to say. And then Megan, I mean Bethany, said, I 100% give Harry a break. This isn't the way to generate less press and cannot be filed under the guise of wanting privacy to prevent a repeat of previous events. If you hate me for saying it here, don't listen to my podcast. Hashtag just be with Bethany. (laughs) That's self promo. (laughs) It's littered with my opinion. And then she said, sorry, I chose reality TV to work towards making money to be scrutinized and criticized. I took the trappings and the beatings along with it. It's a rose with petals and thorns. People begged to enter the often toxic institution I signed up for. That was the life I chose. You can't play stupid and smart. And then people who worked with her came forward and said, I was warm up comic on your failed morning talk show. And you were a total bitch to me for months. You never said hello. And you ordered me around like a dog. One day I walked off set because I had enough of your shit. Have a great day. <laughs> and another person said I was her server at a fancy Tribeca restaurant. And she was such a bitch. There are no substitutions allowed. And she gave me the whole, do you know who I am thing where I got to tell her that I did know that. And that didn't matter. And that Meryl Streep didn't even ask for such right. substitutions. What do you think? So,
1: I mean, Bethany Frankel is extremely brash. That's her brand. Like that is her personality to be brash and like, whatever that's how you want to be seen by the world that's what you want to that's who you want to be then be whoever like the f you want to be that's fine but like nothing saying is really valid or makes sense like who gives a shit bethany like who cares? (laughs) like yeah you can have a billion dollars and want to kill yourself still so that's like oh my princess my life is so hard like who gives a fuck what you think bethany okay cool all right that's how you feel nice You're really a strong, brave person, but like her opinion doesn't matter. Like we shouldn't even let her opinion matter to us. Like let her say whatever she wants because it doesn't matter. That's how I feel. Yeah. Sure. It's almost like kind of funny. Like her take on it is like funny to me because it's just, it's just dumb. It's just dumb. Everybody knows that money can't buy you happiness. Fame can't true. buy you happiness. And sometimes I feel like people look at the situation and like forget that like there is like love involved. Like th- there's a union involved and like that to me, it's like people fall in love and sometimes you can't help who you fall in love with. But like when you love somebody so much, you're willing to sacrifice things for other people and people tried and it didn't work. And that's, that's how it is. So I don't know, a little bitter Bethany can go with, like, <laughs> have some of her skinny margarita, like, chill the fuck out. Like nobody cares.
0: Um, Prince Harry says that he felt trapped by the Royal family, but didn't know it yet until he met Meghan Markle. I thought that was a little weird. Like how could you not feel trapped already? Cool. Like that was a little weird to me.
1: Cause I feel like he was surrounding himself with people that were either famous or part of Royal families. Like people he dated had ties to the Royal family or had ties to um, what's the word, word that I'm trying to think of? Like, um, like heiress or like, what's the other word? Like, like royalty? To, to this, like socialite, like everybody he's okay. has ties to royalty. Um, so I do think that he was in it and wasn't aware of what was going on in the outside world because it's just mm. a celebrity. I mean, he was a baby born into celebrity. So you it's are true. always going to live a life that is sheltered and different. And you're not going to realize that until you step forth into the other world. And you imagine having security the day you were born. I mean, you're being, you're being secured your entire life. Like there is no outside world. I think him going into Afghanistan into the military was like this way. I feel like of him, like, you know, making a decision for himself and for his country and for the
0: world. And I feel like it was really impactful on him. Um, yeah, But yeah, I feel bad for him that he said his dad stopped answering his calls. Yeah. That was really sad. And you could like kind of tell in his voice, that, like he like
1: didn't want to share it. But at the same time, I feel like it was something he like also wanted to share because I think it was PR in a way. Um, yeah. But it doesn't surprise me like his father's a piece of shit, <laughs> but like it isn't, I mean, his dad's not a really great person and the way he treated Diana was horrific. So I mean, right. I can understand why their relationship, they're always going to love each other. It's his father, but I can understand why there are going to be times of tension and times when maybe they will be on speaking terms and i hope that doesn't last forever because you know that's sad you know you want people to be able to have their dads in their lives especially when they're like healthy and living
0: but sometimes people pretty so, yeah this next probably like 20 minutes is going to be all about Megan and Harry so if you all want to hear it fast yeah, forward fast you know, forward but um i basically just my knowledge of Megan and Harry has been very tabloid heavy and Emily's is more like Emily knows more about the Royal family than me. So this is basically going to kind of be like me being like, Hey, Emily, what about this? And her telling me what she thinks. I think she has a little bit more of an educated opinion than me. Well, not that my opinions are stupid, but just yeah, like, yeah, you know, you have like your opinions are based more on like a, on the media side of the story of
1: the, of the Royals. Yes. And I'm like, i I've been very, like, I love Diana so much, and I've watched so many documentaries about her and her life, and, like, not even, like, The Crown. Like, I'm not, like, that's, like, I guess I've watched pieces of The Crown, but, like, most of my, like, knowledge of them comes from documentaries and podcasts. Yeah.
0: So... First thing I want to talk about days before their interview with Oprah, the times reported this explosive news of how the couple were quote unquote outrageous bullies to their Royal aides. in December, 2018 Megan's personal assistant, Melissa to body resigned after six months, six months after the Royal wedding, Megan put a lot of demands on her and it ended up with her in tears. Um, her gonna ha- you say your assistant? yeah Mm -hmm. oh okay I
1: thought you said bodyguard at first they got confused
0: no and then royal biographer Robert Johnson wrote that Harry became petulant since Meghan's wedding preparations were so stressful he wrote raising his voice on occasion Harry would insist what Meghan wants Meghan gets a different royal source defended Meghan by saying that she is simply not afraid to express her opinion and like okay I can kind of understand that because like Americans are a lot more like direct Mm mm-hmm and then it says Amy Pickerel, who was handpicked and appointed as Megan's assistant um, assistant private secretary, also stepped down in 2019. Megan's bodyguard at the time, who hasn't been named, also stepped down after working for her less than a year. Um, Omid Scooby and Carolyn oh, okay. Durand. I know exactly who that is? What I know exactly who that is. Omid Scooby. Yes. Um, They're the writers of Finding Freedom, which Meghan was exposed to having given information to them for that book or whatever it was, wrote that Americans can be much more direct and that often doesn't sit well in the much more refined institution of the monarchy, which like I totally believe Mm -hmm. Um, at the time about the complaints, Jason Knopf, um, who was Meghan and Harry's communication secretary made a bullying complaint um, another source told the staff during the Sussex's autumn tour in 2018 that you are dealing with a very difficult lady. Um, so basically, I'm just going to like finish going through what the Times article said, and then we can talk about it. Yeah. Um, a different source. Okay. So it said that she wanted to be rejected because she was obsessed with that narrative from day one. Some people argue that she didn't try to be a public servant. I can't speak on that. I don't really know about that. Um, also, I'm not saying that I don't think that Harry didn't want to leave. Like, I think he definitely did. Um, a different source said she wanted to be the victim because then she could convince Harry that it was an unbearable experience and they had no choice but to move to America. One conversation confirmed to the Times seems to reveal how much the police was preparing to go out. The police. (laughs) The palace wanted to go out of their way to help Meghan if she was passionate about the acting world, that they could help her to think about finding a role within the film industry. The source said the entire place, because of everything about her and because of what Harry's previous girlfriends had been through, was bending over backwards to make sure that every option was open. Instead, she wanted to concentrate on being... Um, On her humanitarian and philanthropic work and to support Harry as a member of the royal family, which I think is nice. So then all this stuff was happening in the Times and Meghan's reps said to E! News that the Duchess is saddened by this latest attack on her character, particularly as someone who has been the target of bullying herself and is deeply committed to supporting those who have experienced pain and trauma. She is determined to continue her work building compassion around the world and will keep striving to set an example um for doing what is right and what is good um and in response to everything megan and harry's lawyers said that the times was being used by buckingham palace to peddle a wholly false narrative before the Sussex, mm-hmm. sussexes gave such a highly anticipated tell all with oprah and then buckingham palace said that they're gonna be doing their own investigation mm-hmm. um But basically, Megan and Harry felt like they were being victims of a, quote, calculated smear campaign based on misleading and harmful misinformation. Um, And now the issue is that the staff feels like the palace is protecting Megan and Harry and turning a blind eye to a toxic work environment. Um, A senior aide claimed that the actions of Megan were more like emotional cruelty and manipulation, which I guess could be called bullying. And then the complaint went to HR, But they felt like the institution didn't want to address the problem. And senior people in the household, Buckingham Palace and Clarence House, know that they had a situation where members of the staff, particularly young women, were being bullied to the point of tears. But the institution protected Megan constantly. Um, I think, personally, the timing of this is, like, I don't think it's coincidental that that this article came out, like, right when she was doing this interview and they were both doing this interview. Um, so I don't necessarily believe that, that everything the times was saying was true. I feel like a lot of times where there's smoke there's fire, like I think maybe it's possible that she rubbed some people the wrong way, but I also don't think that like necessarily everything they're saying is true. What do you think?
1: So I know that, like, the complaint was a senior member, and we obviously know how the senior members of, of just the, the royal family, the institution, and potentially the staff, if they're a senior member, they've been there for a long time, um, how they felt about her. And I think that during that time where the allegations were, it was, what, 2018, right, right after their wedding, that's when <clears throat> things were like the worst. I mean, right. I mean, they're still the worst, but like that's when they were getting really bad. And I can't imagine being in Megan's shoes, um, being someone who's American, has a different tone, who's depressed, dealing with a ton of shit, that they're going to have trouble communicating things in probably the best way. But mm-hmm. who's really to know because there is no like, proven evidence besides that people have decided to quit. Um, but at the same time, I'm not going to undermine if somebody says they felt bullied that somebody was, you know, spoke to them in a rude way, whatever, then that's, then that is, they can, they, they, you know, that's their right. And they can own that. And that's the case. That's the case. So I can't say, Oh, Megan. And like, I don't know, but I do think that the timing is super suspect, especially since we all know that the press and the royal family have a very close bond. They have yeah. a bond that goes back for years and years and years, and they want to maintain that relationship with the royal family. So of course, like they're going to find a way to put something out there. Like if they know this interview is coming and they know what's going to be interviewed is not going to be a positive reflection of their family, Mm -hmm. You think they're not going to do something to stop it? They're very, very smart people. (laughs) They've been able to be in monarchy for so many years. And, um, yeah, like I, I feel the timing was calculated. I can't say, I can't speak and say that this girl wasn't bullied. That's not my right. I don't know. I could understand why some assistants probably left during that time because that was a horrible time. Yeah. Horrible time. And that's all I can say on it. Um, Yeah. I appreciate your perspective. <laughs> Thank you. <I'm> very passionate. <laughs> my tone is very passionate. See, like I feel like sometimes I have a very direct tone. Like I can have a really intense tone, but like I, it comes from like a passionate place. I wouldn't say it comes from like a place of like I'm better than you. Wait, like I, that was that's never like my intention, and I would never want that to be the case. But I feel like yeah. it's an easy place to manipulate a situation for your benefit yeah like so- to manipulate that yeah
0: I am I will say like I'm all for Megan and Harry like telling their side of the story like that is like they're right and like I don't disagree with them for doing the interview I mean do I think it's like a little weird that it's like we want all this privacy and then you do like this seven million dollar like tell-all interview it's like a little bit counterintuitive but well um, I they
1: they didn't like come out and say like we want privacy that wasn't like a big statement i think the big statement takeaway was we want some respect from the press i never took it as we want privacy you know and like their pr that's their thing like Their PR geniuses. Like what, what are they going to do? Like let their name be slandered forever. They have to come out and they, they have to clear the name the best way they can. And if that was the move, that was an incredible move. And they, that their PR team should be freaking given a plaque because (laughs) it was just, it was genius. It was, it was very, very smart.
0: Yeah. I want to compare because people are going to compare it. Um, Megan and Diana's experiences and saying that they're the same. I have to disagree that they're the same. I mean, I think Diana's experience within the royal family was widely different from Megan's. Like, she was followed everywhere. And when, you know, I feel like her situation was almost, like, to the scrutiny level, of like Britney Spears. Like, it was, like, insane. And Diana also dealt with a lot of mental health issues like depression. There's been like a royal biographer who thinks that she might have suffered from borderline personality disorder and that she was cutting herself at one point. We know she had eating she disorders. Yeah. And um Prince Charles was cheating on her and neglecting her from the start. So like on that front, I'm not saying what Meghan has had to deal with isn't bad because it is, but I think like their situations are not the same.
1: Um I think that there's similarities and there differences. I think they're different people with different backgrounds, so it's not going to be the same situation. Um for Megan, I think hers is very race driven. Um and I I do think that the paparazzi similarities are actually the same and you could even really? say heightened because social media didn't exist at that time. So instant um, publicity wasn't as attainable. Um, getting the shot and getting that out to millions took a little bit more effort and time than it does now. Um, yeah. the slander against Megan's name was done differently because you have to remember that there was a split in that country and there were people that never showed emotion before in that country because they're not an emotional country. But when Mm -hmm. Diana died, the the country went into mourning. Like people loved her. They loved her so, so much. So I do think that there is a difference. Um, I think a similarity would be that, you know, Princess Diana was the first person ever in England and in the Royal family to get to do an interview and to speak about mental health issues. Um yeah. I think that's extremely powerful. I mean she was the first person to talk about an eating disorder, to self-harm for somebody who had been in the royal family to be so open about that was shocking. And that right. that had never happened before. Um and I think that you know she connected with millions when she did that and I think that that's kind of when people really fell in love with her cuz she could be so open and honest and with if Megan, it's different perspective where I think that she was like the first person, someone of color coming into the Royal family in American. And I think that she wanted to be outspoken. And I think that they missed a really good opportunity for growth by Mm -hmm. not accepting her and saying, you know what, the monarchy is going to accept her. We're going to show, show change. And I think that it's, really insane that they chose not to. Um, but those are kind of where I see similarities and differences, but I think that the, the race issue, um, is incomparable. Um, and then I think obviously Diana was cheated on and never loved from the start. Um, we've, have you heard the leaked audio of like the, all the weird things that uh, Prince Charles had said to Camilla, like a phone call that was leaked that Diana had heard. I mean, there's, it's, it's, it's such a sad story. Yeah. Um, and I so wish it had a better ending. And the media can be a dangerous, dangerous place that can drive people to,
0: you know, the brinks of their life. Um, Do you think that Meghan wanted to be accepted by the royal family? I do I do I don't think that you you let go of your entire
1: life, you give over everything your freedom, um, you follow you know you fall in love, you're with this person, and I think that you, you hope that you're going to be accepted, and I think that it <laughs> was right in saying that she was naive and not understanding like the the royal families <laughs> they're very strict in their in the way they do things, and if you want to be accepted. I don't think being who you are is going to help. <laughs> if you want to be outspoken and different?
0: No way. No right. way. Um, so getting into the interview <laughs> I'm going to summarize some things just in case any of our listeners didn't watch the interview, but want to like hear the main things. So Megan referred to the Royal wedding as not our day, but the wedding for the world and the spectacle is for the world because we want our vows for us, which makes sense to me, obviously. Yeah. Um, She says she went into it naively because she didn't know much about the Royal family growing up. But like something that I think is interesting is like, Megan's childhood friend came out to say that like she was fascinated by the royal family and had like books about princess diana And like I feel like it's just not like a cute look to say like you were so oblivious about the royal family Like that's one of the longest reigning monarchies in the world Like how could you not know anything about them at all?
1: But at the same time like who are we to like trust this friend? Like you know, like who is this friend? You could say anything about anybody, you know
0: I just, like, I can't believe that she had no ideas about the royal family.
1: I mean, I think that she obviously knew about them and knew about Diana, but I, I took it as in, like, she didn't know, like, under like know it to an extent. Like, she didn't know what it's like to live the lifestyle of a royal. But everybody knew Princess Diana. I mean, you can't deny that. You, you can't deny that. Um, so, yeah, I think that she knew of them, but I don't think that she was, like, you know, she knew anything about Prince Charles, I think she was like, ah, yeah. Prince Charles. Like, I don't think she knew that. And it's I don't true. think a lot of people, like, knew the extent of the royal family. And I think that now they have become such a part of Western um, culture and American culture. And we're very interested in them, especially since the crown. Um, I feel like that's, like, upped the, up the game in terms of, like, the history of the family and, like, us being interested. But obviously, Diana, too, um, mm-hmm. having such a legacy.
0: Um, she said that meeting the queen was casual and that she had to learn how to curtsy outside for meeting her. Yeah. She said, thank God that she didn't research the Royals because she would have been so in her head through all of it. She said that the queen has always been wonderful to me, which made me happy. Yeah. Um, anything negative to say about the queen? It's like, I think people have to understand like the queen doesn't really have much power. Like, let's be honest. Well,
1: I mean, she does, but at the same time, she's just like a figurehead. True, but I mean, there are things that like she has stances on, and like she has stances, and like her opinion is really important.
0: But I think like she can't control like the years of racism that have like been going on through this family and like i don't necessarily think that she's racist
1: true i mean nobody can i mean i don't know though because you say that like she can't control racism but like she can con she can condone she can con she can try to preach unity more i mean like there's ways to offset that you know yeah. like if you don't want racism and like do something about it if you're not going to do something about it then that says just as much to me that's true
0: you know when you're the when you're the the face of a nation. Yeah, you're right. Um, Oprah brought up a rumor stating that hurricane Megan is the reason for the departure of the palace staff and that she made Kate cry. Um, Oprah asked, where did that come from? And Kate said, just kidding. Megan said that the reverse happened. What was shocking was that the reverse was out in the world and it came out six or seven months after it happened. A few days before the wedding, she was upset about something about the flower girl dresses and it made me cry and it really hurt my feelings. Megan also claimed that she wasn't being supportive and then grouped a lot of people under that. And she said that Kate is a good person and that I don't think it's fair to give all the details because Kate apologized and I forgive her, which I like a little bit. I'm like, okay, but if you're not going to get into it, then like, why did you bother bringing it up?
1: Well, she didn't bring it up. Oprah brought it up. That's true. Oprah asked about it. So now Megan has to answer it. And if she wants to clear her name and like, that's her right. if She feels like misunderstood. Cause I do feel that whole scenario really, you know, <clears throat> really, you know, added some gasoline <laughs> to that fire of like that being a rift between both of the women. Um, yeah. and I think it was a very impactful article and headline for her. Um, yeah. Regarding like whether like who who's telling the truth, I don't know, but given yeah, the relationship, know. going back to given their relationship with the press, it wouldn't surprise me if Megan was telling the truth just because they have a way of twisting everything in the headlines, especially like when you compare all the headlines of Kate over time to Megan over time um, they're they're incomparable with the content. Oh, yeah
0: of who is being praised and who is being shunned. Yes. So um, Oprah asked, were you silenced or were you, were you silent or were you silenced? And she said that she was silenced and she said, how are you told to handle tabloids and gossip? Megan said, everyone in my world was given a very clear directive from the moment they knew Harry and I were dating to say no comment. So I know like, there's someone I follow who was an editor of like a celebrity magazine for like 10 years. And she said back in 2017 that it was well, a well-known fact that Megan hired three different companies to run like a certain number of articles about her a day and make sure that like her name was brought up in articles a certain number of times each month. And um, so I feel like, I mean, that could just be like that they wanted to like offset the negative press
1: and i've heard the opposite from journalists in the uk that basically were like it was a free for all to attack megan like i've heard i've heard
0: the opposite well i've heard like in the in the united states media oh okay i was thinking uk media no um and then She said, I felt like it hasn't occurred to anyone that I was suffering and I was asking the institution for help. So she said, you know, going on the tours was exhausting and she was tired. And I mean, like, I totally empathize with that. Like I get, I'm sure it was exhausting, but I'm at the same time, I'm kind of like, that's the job. Like you're on a tour in like Africa, surrounded by people who are much less fortunate than you. And you're like, no one asked if I'm okay. And it's like, you're not the point of this tour. But I don't think that was her complaint
1: though. She wasn't complaining about how hard the work was. Like that wasn't the complaint. That was the part that they liked was the service and like traveling to the other countries and connecting with the children in these villages and seeing a person of color and being like, oh, like, you know, I have somebody who looks like me that I can look up to. I think they were, it was the pressure of the Royal family and the media that was making it unbearable. I think that's what was making it exhausting was being like, you're doing all these things but the the freaking country and your family like is sharing the opposite about your life is like making you out to be somebody you're not. Mm-hmm. I I didn't take it as she was exhausted from the work, especially if she's an actress. She's somebody who's you know she had to travel a lot before and like be on set for twelve hours a day. Like you know they're used to that kind
0: of grind. Like, I didn't like when she, like, the interviewer, like, asked her how she's doing. She's like, wow, like, nobody asked me how I was doing. I was like, Cause it's not about you.
1: Yeah, but I think that was, and they talk about talk about that moment, like, that was when she was kind of at a really low breaking point, and, like, yeah. he asked how she was doing, and she was honest, you know, and she was having a really bad moment, and she was honest about it. Um, yeah. and I don't think that that's a reflection of how she was feeling about the service. I think that mm. was how she was feeling and, and that's what she said. And sometimes yeah. I wish that people would say that they're exhausted because it makes that's it look true. like people are, are, you know, that everyone's a hero and everyone can do everything. And sometimes it's nice to hear somebody's tired because I get that's tired. I'm
0: time. <laughs> um megan said before they knew the gender they were saying they didn't want him to be a prince or princess which would be different from protocol megan says that she was told that archie would not be given security or a title and that the royal family was concerned about how dark his skin might be when he was born um oprah asked her was him being called a prince important to you and she said if it meant he was going to be safe then of course Um, I don't think that any, like, conversations about, like, his color should be acceptable at all. Like, that's disgusting. Um, I have my thoughts about the title, but I'm gonna get into that later. (laughs) Um, but, yeah, no, that whole thing is horrible. Um, and Megan said she was having suicidal thoughts and wanted to harm herself. She said that, um, she told Harry that she didn't want to live anymore. And when she asked for help, she claimed that the institution wouldn't help her. Um, when, then she said, when I joined that family, that was the last time I saw my passport, my driver's license, my keys, all that gets turned over, which I don't understand because like She made, like, so many trips, like, that year, like, outside of the royal family, like, like, personal trips and stuff like that. And it's, like, you can't just show up to the airport and say, like, oh, I don't have my passport. Like, how did she not have her passport and traveled? Um,
1: I think it was, like, different. Like, I don't think she had, like, her American ID, but she probably was issued a new passport. Mm. Probably issued all new stuff. I mean, she had a new last name. It's going to be different.
0: That's true. Um, Megan confirmed that they stayed at Tyler Perry's house and he offered them security. When asked why their security was taken away, they said that it was their justification because of their change in status. Harry said the tipping point for him was that he was desperate to ask for their help and they weren't getting it. Harry said to receive no help at all and to be told continuously that this is how it is. This is just how it is. We've all been through it. The lack of support and lack of understanding in the press is why Harry left. But he said they did not fly inside the queen because they have too much respect for her. Um, But it is, like, important to, like, note that, like, they were receiving money from Prince Charles in 2020, including $2.5 million to cover security expenses. And, like, they had security in the U.K. and Canada, which they didn't pay for. True.
1: Well, I guess true. I don't. I don't remember them saying that part. So his dad paid for security for them. Yeah. I mean, that was nice of him.
0: <laughs> well, like right. they didn't say that, but like I've heard that.
1: Oh, see, I don't know anything about it, but that's. I mean, as a dad, that's a nice thing to do for your children that are receiving death threats. I would hope that if my dad was a millionaire, yeah, when the institution cut me off, he would say, "Well, I still want." my daughter and, and my grandchilds to be protected. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Harry said that he was like ashamed of admitting that Megan needed help and that he quote, didn't have anywhere else to turn. But like my like weird thing about this is like, okay. So like Diana, when she was in the Royal family was seeking treatment for postpartum depression, bulimia, marital problems. Prince Charles um, went to therapy sessions for 14 years after seeking help in the early years of his marriage. Prince Harry started going to therapy when he was 12 to deal with the loss of his mom. Princess Margaret had a nervous breakdown during her divorce and, like, got treatment for depression with a psychiatrist. James Middleton... Um, opened up about undergoing a year of cognitive behavioral therapy for depression that was supplied by the Royal family. So I'm a little bit conflicted about like the idea that the institution doesn't promote getting help or like frowns upon it to the point where Harry claims he didn't get the help he needed, despite like he's been on record other times saying that they, the family has been helpful with mental health issues. So like I, or like, Megan handpicked the medical team for Archie's delivery in 2019. So if she was given that power, why wouldn't she be given the power to talk to a therapist? Well, like, why did all these other people get help?
1: Well, first of all, I'm not sure about your Diana statement. Um, I don't actually think that she got as much support as you're saying. I actually think it was mm-hmm. the opposite because she, one of the parallels with her interview was the fact that she also did not get the help that she needed. Um, that was the similarity between both of them that they, um, were pointing out. Um, but regarding mental health for people in the family, like, I mean, that makes sense because like, they're part of the family, but for Mm -hmm. Megan, I mean, it also makes sense why they wouldn't offer her help, but I don't like, I don't know about that because no one's like that, that I don't, I don't know what to say on because, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just don't know what to say. I mean, like, like my opinion would be, I don't know. I'm I'm, t- I'm taking Megan's word and her husband's word that she didn't get help. I guess for that.
0: Yeah. Um. She said that the family was really welcoming, um, but then everything changed after the Australian tour, and it brought back memories for Harry of when Diana and Prince Charles were on their Australian tour, and um, I know Megan said that nothing was offered to her to teach her about royal life and nobody prepared her. But I know like Samantha Cohen wasn't just hired for Megan as an assistant. Um, I read that the queen asked her to please come out and postpone her retirement in order to help Megan adjust and guide her for an initial period. And she was one of the people um, who was willing to testify in court saying that Megan lied um, because in the Binding Freedom book it says Megan an avid learner, learner, learner studying all she could on royal protocol was often seen carrying binders full of information so she didn't put a wrong foot she took her new role incredibly seriously the day was different though she was getting a royal master class in training from the queen herself so I'm like that's very contradictory to me who said that? The book Finding Freedom that Megan gave them information for.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't really know what to say on that one either. Like, if Megan was lying about that, then I don't know. Like, all I can think is maybe she just didn't feel as prepared as she thought she could be with all that, like, binders of stuff. I don't really trust this Margaret lady. I don't, or not Margaret, I don't trust this senior aide. She's a senior aide, she's going to retire. In my mind like she would be biased with the royal family no matter what. And she would have resentment mm-hmm. towards Meghan no matter what. like I just don't trust her. Um yeah. I don't think that she's a trustworthy source. But um yeah, I mean, cuz I feel like there's a lot of ways that you can spin like I didn't feel prepared, you know? Like That's true. Saying like, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I do. Like, being prepared, there's like so many different levels of prepared. So like she could be really general and say, "Well, I wasn't prepared enough, but like actually was did have a lot of stuff." You can right. say, "Like, no, I so do." I mean, she could have said that and was prepared, and that's just her take on it. She just still needed more preparation.
0: Um, Oprah asked, "In conclusion, would you still be with the royal family if you had the support?" And Harry and Meghan said, "Without question." But, like, for me, I'm, like, I don't understand that because Megan said they didn't want to step down from the family. Um, But, like, if your family was, like, so racist and was, like, treating you horribly, like, why would you still want to be, like, a half royal?
1: That's the whole thing, though. If they had supported her, they would have stayed. If they weren't racist and treated her well and cared about her mental health and the well-being of their child... In their in their future, then they would have stayed. I think that's all under the same umbrella. Mm. Okay. And then obviously, without all those things, like you couldn't see why you couldn't stay, right? And also, um, like there's a lot of people who have really good experiences with Meghan. Most of the negative stories we hear are people that either have ties to the royal family, have worked for the royal family, or are from England you know, but people what's in the U S and her fans and other people who have worked with her really, there are a lot of people who say she's actually really pleasant, but she is direct. She speaks very directly. Mm-hmm.
0: Um. So a big like thing that was talked about during that interview um, that I want to talk more about was that Archie was denied the title of Prince. So like Megan said, the title of Prince was Archie's birthright, but that's not true. Like, The conventions were put in place over a century ago by the queen's grandfather, George V, um, saying that only children and grandchildren of a sovereign had the automatic right to the his or her royal highness title and prince or princess. So in the case of Archie, who is a great grandchild of the monarch and child of the second son of the heir to the throne, he would have the title Lord Archie, Earl of Dunbarin, um, But then at the time of his birth, it was marketed and said that Harry and Meghan didn't want an official title so that he could live a more private life. And then Archie, they they had to have known that Archie would be, he would be Lord Archie Earl of Dunbarton. But then once Charles became king, he would have had the prince title. And that's something that Harry had to have known and Megan was arguing that she doesn't care about the title, just the security. But regardless of getting the title or not, he still wouldn't be entitled to private security. And there are a lot of reasons for that. Like, um, Charles is supposed to rebrand the monarchy because the people, the taxpayers, um, are unhappy with the number of funds that are spent on things that aren't necessities. Like, for example, um, Prince Andrew's daughters, Princess Beatrice and Princess Eugenie, they were stripped of their private security ten years ago, and his argument um, that they should have security failed because their cousin, the princess of the daughter of Princess Anne, had no protection, and she was arguably higher public profile. Um, and prince edward earl of wessex um, the queen's youngest son he he doesn't have any security nor do his kids and the royal family doesn't get to get to say who gets security so even if archie had the title he wouldn't have been granted public security so megan's argument of i just wanted the title due to security for me falls flat because of harry and her had stayed as working royals, he would have had security through them. But then as he grew older, you know, it would have been the same thing as Beatrice and Eugenie, you know, okay, now you're older, so you have to go do your own thing. Mm -hmm. So when Megan was saying they didn't want him to be a prince, um, which would would be different protocol, I mean, I don't doubt that. It would have been different protocol because that's not how it works. And I feel like that argument just wouldn't have worked. So I'm just, I'm very confused about... Why she thinks he wasn't given prince. Like, I feel like what was unclear is I feel like she kind of tried to say, like, because they thought he was going to be dark-skinned, they didn't want to give him the title of prince. And that's not true.
1: Well, so in the past, like the reason why like certain members of the family aren't given title of prince and princess is to slim down the monarchy. Like, that was the whole reason that this happened. Why, like, all the oh great, all the great grandchildren. And grandchildren were given titles. That would be way too many people in the monarchy. But I right. think because the queen like bent the rules of that before um, Prince George was born, she bent the rules of that, and that's the reason why all those kids are prince and a prince and princess. So she only
0: bent the rules that it was um, for the for the granddaughter and George, right? Yeah, but right. not. But it, she didn't bend the rules for the rule. It was always going to be that. George um, Kate and William's son was going to be prince but she bent the rules that now Charlotte could be too but the but the son of the person who's not the direct heir wouldn't be a prince right
1: right well but the other rule is that is that all of the male heirs of the prince wasn't that wasn't I don't know anyway that's beside mm-hmm. the point um but I feel Hold on. have a note on this.
0: <laughs> like
1: I could remember all these, the, these facts because these are not facts that I would know. But there were things I wanted to learn about. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. About <laughs> I genuinely like all I can say is that the queen had bent the rules for what's her name? Charlotte. Charlotte. Maybe they were hoping that they would bend the rules for Archie, considering that people wanted to kill him before he was born. Like, <laughs> sure, whatever. Um, if they thought, thought that maybe that was like, maybe that was their only way to get to the security for their son is that he had a title. And like, I understand that even though if, if whatever the birthright thing, I don't know where she got that from. Maybe but if they could. stayed working for the royal family, he would have had protection through them,
0: regardless well, of his
1: title. But apparently, when Prince Charles dies, he does get a title, Archie. Yes, that's how it's supposed to be. So I, I'm thinking maybe they were like, "Why do we have to wait until then? Like, just give him a title just to give him protection." You
0: know what I'm saying? Like maybe they but were. The, just- but if they stayed with the family, it, he would have had protection regardless. Right, but they couldn't stay with the family right and but that's then, when they go off yeah but then they can't change the protocol just for him
1: right but maybe they were hoping they could change
0: so you yeah. know make a change you that's know because they just want him to be safe so safe. then buckingham palace released a statement about the race issue they said the issue raised, particularly that that of race are conceding while some recollections may vary they are taken very seriously and may be addressed privately by the family do we believe them Well, they didn't deny,
1: they didn't, they didn't outright and condemn racism in that thing. They didn't say we would, like, they didn't, um, Yeah. so, I mean, it was, there's nothing to believe. They didn't really say anything. All they said to me
0: was like, well, Well, do we believe that they'll uh, like address it?
1: I mean, what do you mean? Believe that they'll address it in the future?
0: Like that they'll address it, like to like see to it that like people in the family don't act (laughs) racistly.
1: No, I don't think so. I think they're gonna have some, like, more, maybe some more like publicity training. I don't know. I just like, I think they're racists. Oh, I agree. So, like, that's all I can say. Like, what is she gonna do?
0: Um, there's a blind item about Megan and Harry that I want to read to you and see what you think. Um, how do you handle relatives who go against the family? Whether you love or hate this actress, there is no doubt she has changed her husband's life. It looks that, it looks like that may not have been enough for her. She was seeking to change his family too. Was his family shocked by what transpired? No. The couple has repeatedly bit the hand that fed them over the past couple of years. All that they were given was was ever enough. Um, when his family had enough and withdrew the hand, they knew that there were, there would be a vicious response and they were right. It was inevitable, sad, unpleasant, but inevitable. What do you think the couple's goal was? This was not an innocent sharing of feelings. This was a deliberate attempt to hurt the family. How are the couple benefit from that? She seems to believe that if they portray the family as evil and themselves as innocent victims, they can simultaneously take down his family and elevate themselves as brave or heroic. Could that happen? This is not the first time someone has attempted to hurt the family. While the family cannot directly respond in kind, they will endure. Are the couple victims? She is not innocent, nor is she a victim. In fact, much of her past was quietly handled by his family to protect her so as to not become an issue. He is not innocent either. He knows that many of his past indiscretions were also quietly handled in a way to protect him. Thus, the assertion that they were not protected is erroneous. Frankly, she was caught engaging in untrustworthy behavior from the beginning, so she should be grateful that the family protected her. What did she do that was untrustworthy? There was an incident of her surreptitiously taking photos at a family member's home. She was never invited to the home again and seems to have held a special grudge against those family members since then. We know that story well. So is this all on her? No. Her participation in this exercise is abhorrent as well. He has shown himself to be weak and disloyal. He thinks he is a hero turning against his own family, but he is a fool. What will it take to reconcile the parties? The only way back is without her. If they divorce and he returns, the family will cautiously welcome him back. I One thing I agree with in this blind item is that I don't think either of them are ne- are all innocent or all victim. Yeah,
1: I mean, I'm sure that there was things that happened that weren't that Megan didn't make the best decisions. But, like, what, did, Prince, like did Prince William, like, submit this blind? Like who, <laughs> like, who submitted this blind? Like, you're telling me, like, somebody with ties to the royal family didn't submit that blind? You're telling me somebody was like, all right, guys, here's our chance. There's this guy named Empty, and he has a blog, and here's our chance to spill the tea. And, like, that just sounds, like, so calculated to me. Like, every single thing they hit on there, like, I don't know. That is not Enti's blog, but oh, true. I always think Enti does that blog, but Enti doesn't. Nope. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Like, like who can, who was who the person who sent that message in? Right? Yeah, that could have been anybody. That I anybody can make up all that. Who knows? Like, who knows? But like, that's the perfect thing to come out right about now, right? Yeah. Um. And like at the same time, I'm just like. Like okay, like they left. Like what else is to the you know? Like what else? They left. They're gone. You
0: know, like this is it. So it's and now they're. It's it. All right. Last thing I want to talk about. I always have so many things I want to talk about, and then I run out of time because I forget. I know, either. and then we're both like we get so
1: excited. <laughs> we do. Guys, audience, I hope you don't think I'm crazy. I just, just like I said earlier, I'm just so passionate. So like, I just hope my tone is like nice. I love Jessie. I don't care what she thinks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give <laughs> a, no. a fuck what she thinks. No, look, I obviously care what you think because you think very smart and like accurate mm. like things, insightful things that I love to hear. I love to hear your, your perspective on a million things. And I really have enjoyed loving hearing your, your perspective about this because, you know, as much as I like support Megan and Harry, like there are always two sides to a story. People, all people have feelings and like, it's good to be aware of all, of all of it. Um, Right back at you. Yeah. I just, you know, I have a power, a passionate stance. So yeah, I wouldn't sound crazy
0: or mean. I'm going to try to rush through as many topics as I can get through in the last like 10 minutes. You guys can't right. see me doing, like, the money sign. throwing money around. <laughs> That's a story right. topic. So performing at the Grammys tonight, we have Bad Bunny, Black Pumas, Cardi B, BTS, Brandi Carlisle, The Baby, Doja Cat, Billie Eilish, Mickey Guyton, Haim, Brittany Howard, Miranda Lambert, Lil Baby, Dua Lipa, Chris Martin, John Mayer, Megan Thee Stallion, Marin Morris, Post Malone, Roddy Ricch, Harry Styles, and Taylor Swift. something I think are back together. Yes. Harry's opening the show. Uh, Um, what I thought was cool, um, for the Grammys this year, a filmmaker named Gibson hazard shot a series of short films designed to tell the stories behind each of the record of the year nominees. So they're going to provide some context. So you have a sense of who they are before they walk on stage. Um, rumor that Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion are performing WAP tonight at the Grammys. I'd be elated. (laughs) Um, USA Today predicts that future nostalgia will win album of the year. I, we're going to get into our predictions in a little bit, but, um, so far we have some, whoo, I scratched my mic, um, we have some wins already in just from um, the like the pre-show. So, "Rain on Me" by Lady Gaga and Ariana won the award for best pop duo/slash group performance, which was I actually thought "Exile" by Bonnie Bear and Taylor Swift would win because I feel like the Grammys just like go nuts and have a major boner for Bonnie Bear. Mm. But <laughs> I digress.
1: Um, I have
0: boner for him, so. <laughs> um as i thought um for best song written for visual media it was no time to die by billy eilish very exciting um blue ivy now is a grammy winner because brown skin girl by beyonce blue ivy saint john and Wizkid kid won the award for best music video blue, blue ch- ivy man that's so cool i know we just like i'm like we knew we knew that video would win Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and it should. So for, for predictions, I think this night really belongs to Dua and Taylor. It is mm-hmm. like their night to lose. To lose? No, like it's their night, like oh I, it's like it's a saying. People say that. Like this is like their the night. night. To
1: lose? Like, <laughs> it doesn't sound right to me. It, like <laughs> to lose. No, like, it
0: is it's like it's their night. It's their night to lose. There's a context in which this is making sense, but I can't ver- ver- verbalize it. <laughs> um, what do you think will win for record of the year?
1: These are hard. These are real. This is a really hard category. It's like I even like wanted to like refresh my mind and like listen to some music that like I haven't listened to before to like really I don't know know what was going on and the difference you know the similarities and differences between the people who are nominated and I feel like they're they are so different. These yeah. records are so different. Um, I definitely feel like Dua Lipa's "Future Nostalgia" was a huge hit. no, 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 no. record of the year, honey. Oh, sorry. Well, no, I'm just saying, I'm saying in general, that album. Oh, yeah, yeah, Isn't her song nominated for Record of
0: the Year? Yeah, Don't Start Now.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I'm saying that whole album was such a big album. Like, when I think of this, like, past year, just, I don't know, I feel like I was always hearing her music everywhere. Um, And yeah. how many freaking remixes can you do? Like, I mean, that Oh, album, my God, I know. You know? So I honestly feel like that song it has a good chance of winning. But my God, Black Pumas is so good. And it is just so soulful, soulful. And like, I wish that they stood more of a chance, but I don't think, mm. I don't think they're going to win this, but that's like on a personal level, like I would, uh, on this list, that's who I would want to list, win on a personal level. Um, but I do feel like Dua Leap was going to take it. Um, but I really love everything I wanted um, feel like that has another good chance. Like I feel like she probably won't win because she won record of the year last year. Oh, did she? Yeah, I didn't know that. For what song? Bad guy. Oh, I you said it D- Dua Lipa won't win. No, Billy. But yes, yes. No, that's why I was hesitant. That's why I felt the same exact way because like she won so many Grammys last year. Yeah. Um, I don't love the song Black Parade. I don't really think that it was that. Big of a no, hit either. compared to the other songs. Savage, I mean, it's a banger. It was. It you know, could win. It it was like the quarantine song. That's what I think of. So, I mean, I think it could have a chance there too. Oh, that also won Best Rap Performance. My bad. Yes. Yeah, I saw that. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's tough. Like, I think you're right. I think that Savage has a chance, and I think that Dua Lipa
0: has a chance. I in think. This don't start now has a chance. I think circles with post Malone has a chance. And I think Savage has a chance.
1: Yeah. I've written off post Malone for every single category, but you're um, a big, you're a big post Malone fan. I am a big, yeah. post Malone not fan. So we're on different, we're on different sides here
0: on that. For what reason you were not educated on his discography at all?
1: I just don't like his... Mu- I'm just not a fan. It's just... I've tried. He's just not... He's just not for me. Look, like, he's just not for me.
0: All right. Album of the Year...
1: I don't think that he's bad. I think he's very talented. His music just doesn't, like, hit that chord for me in my soul that makes me, like, <laughs> listen to him.
0: Yeah. Um, Album of the Year, Um, I think Folklore is the easiest bet, but if not, Future Nostalgia.
1: Um yeah I would be surprised honestly if Taylor wins I don't know why like I love it but I don't think that it was like I feel like people were very torn on that album no I think it's gonna win you think Folklore? I mean I would love it to win but like I don't know I don't know honestly this was a crazy I don't know it's really hard I feel like I love everything so much <laughs> um how <laughs> do you say her name is it Jenna Aiko Janae J- Iko, Janae go. okay first of all that album has 29 tracks on it I know 29 tracks on it um, and it's very good and the yeah. song All the Way where she says Pussy Fairy, the <laughs> pussy fairy it's like, that song was so sexual in the best way like my god it's so good <laughs> So you guys need a good song. Listen to all the way. If you feel like getting horned up, listen to all the way.
0: <laughs> and um, I love
1: that album by Haim. Um, I don't think I'm saying I don't I never say their name right. Is it Haim? Haim, oh, no, yes. I, all I can say is, oh, I love that album and I love the song Summer Girl so much. It's so good, you guys should all listen to it.
0: Song of the Year, I think either Don't Start Now, Cardigan, or Circles. Um yeah, I don't think Cardigan's going to win. It could, because the Grammy does love um, a good melody and like melodic switch-ups and hooks. I
1: knew you! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's really good. I love it. I just like don't know.
0: I don't know what to think. Um, New artist, either Phoebe Bridgers or Megan Thee Stallion.
1: Yeah, I agree. Although everyone in that list is extremely talented. Um That's true. like insanely talented. So I'd be happy with anybody. Like honestly, I feel like Noah Cyrus is kinda underrated. Like she's pretty good. Like, like, it's true. Like it's she's actually not bad. Like I'm always like Noah Cyrus. Like I always am like puff. And then I listen to her and I'm like, <laughs> damn, like that girl's good like this is good every time. She
0: yeah me. Hmm. Best pop solo performance, I think either Don't Start Now or Watermelon Sugar High. I think, I think Watermelon Sugar High, if all the female artists kind of cancel each other
1: out. I mean, that song to me was like a hit, but I don't think it's the best song on this list. I don't Mm -hmm. think it's the best song, the best lyrical song. I don't think it's the best composed song. Like, I think that there are better, better songs on this list. I, and I love Harry Styles. My God, I love I him, him so, so much. Like, all my, like, I'm obsessed with him. But, like, just comparatively to, like, this list, I don't think that that song was as good.
0: Um, best pop, oh, just kidding. Pop and vocal your name, album. Best pop, pop vocal group. album. Folklore.
1: Vocal album.
0: Pop vocal album, Yeah. Best rap performance, um, sorry, best rap song, I think will be Savage. It's the melodic one, right? That category? Nope. Nope. Best rap song.
1: Oh, I think it already won. No, it won best rap
0: performance. So what's the difference between best rap performance and best rap song? I think the song is like the, like, composition, the lyrics, all that stuff. And the performance is like the artist alone. Oh, then yeah,
1: I would think there would be one if Savage already won for best rap. Best melodic rap performance, I think will be the rock Rockstar. Yeah. Although I wish it would be Anderson .Paak instead. I think it's better. Mm-hmm. That's a personal thing.
0: <laughs> Let's see. Is there anything else that I feel like I really need to get out? I, there's a lot of other things I want to talk about, but I
1: don't know. I know. There really was a lot of drama in the world this past week. Can I just say
0: Hot Topic, J-Lo, A-Rod? Can I say that a Rod hot take looks like a boiled hot dog? <gasps> he's no, he, no. He's had a lot of work done.
1: You can't tell me that man. It's not. He's not using J Lo's beauty. Okay, that guy is using what we call Botox. <laughs> I don't understand how he looks so good. Um. But yeah, I think we all saw that coming. Um. But that's a bummer. My God, she's, she's been engaged so many times. I just really want her to like find love and for it to last
0: um real quick me and Emily hated Selena Gomez's Vogue interview we feel yeah. like she is a victim and her boo-hoo like I want to be taken seriously is like then yeah, take I yourself mean, seriously yeah
1: I felt like it was kind of a slap in the face to a lot of people out there that are extremely talented um and would die for the opportunities that she's given and you know Work on your craft if you want to get these jobs, and if you can't get these jobs and like be grateful for the jobs that you've had, um, it just didn't come out good. It just didn't it just didn't feel like she even like valued being a musician. Like I didn't feel like she want like I didn't feel like it was her soul. It felt like she was something so He wants like the, the 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 public to like her. and I think that that's not the point. You know, like, like if you're your doing soul- stuff for
0: the public, you're never going to be satisfied. Yeah, like if your soul's not in it, it's never going to be your best work. And uh- last thing to take us home, this blind item about Selena Gomez, which I wow. really agree with. This A-list singer slash bad actress thinks people hate her singing, so she wants to quit. No, she should stick with singing and not think that she's an amazing actress just because she can do voiceover work and have a hit. That is what her people tell her every day, but she thinks she is an A-plus lister when it comes to acting. Amen.
1: She's too much for me. She's too much for me. I don't understand. Like, like another person, like, who do you think you are? I don't
0: know. All right, well, Mm -hmm. this has gone on not long enough, but also too long. <laughs> uh, I'm, just, I'm
1: honestly worried about this podcast. I just hope that I don't come across like
0: intense. Cause I'm not no. intense. You are intense. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I love that about you. We're both intense. I'm intense, Jesse. Yeah. Emily, you know, you're intense. You listen back to yourself and you're like, Oh my God, I'm intense. I am intense. weapon. <laughs> oh, <thank you>, <laughs>
1: But it's okay. Because I mean, like, at the end of the day, like, my opinion doesn't
0: really matter. I
1: just, like, have one.
0: No, no, at the end of the day, like, being intense is a good thing. Like, you wanna be passe and blah about things? Like, no. That's true. That's true. I like that. I just wanna be passion. Passion,
1: but, like, I don't wanna sound, like, you know, insane.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, passion and insanity can arguably be one and the same, ask Kanye West. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, sound like Kanye. <laughs> was that, no. that was just me. <laughs> I liked it though. Thanks. All right. Well, I love you forever and always. And oh, hey. until wow. next time, we are leaving you on red.
1: On red.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs>